The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions do apply. Hello, Generinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 299. Of course, it's going to go out to the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright, who sadly got cut from the UFC. So this could maybe the last time we speak of him, but we do cover non-UFC events. So hopefully he'll pop up on our radar once again. But thank you for, for all the lovely memories, Jordan Wright. Uh, th- and thank you, everyone else, for coming to the podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. We've got a UFC episode for your ear holes today. The UFC is back at the UFC Apex. What a surprise with the fight night. What a surprise with uh, a card that's not really that great. Another surprise. It, it actually has some some solid fights on it. But overall, definitely not for the casuals. Um, luckily, we aren't casuals and the people listening, you probably aren't casuals as well. One And another person who definitely is not a casual is my co-host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, who I'm going to bring in now to break down all the prelim fights on this week's card. Hello. Hey, uh, and, and I, it's so funny that Jordan Wright gets this etiquette, de- dedication to him yep. because, you know, I, I've crapped on him for so long. Uh, I remember when they signed him, I was like, what, how? This guy has only fought, you know, like janitors they found at the school that they were having a local event at. Um, and And now that he's gone... I feel like there's something missing. Like I'm gonna yep. need I'm gonna need a new whipping boy. You know what I mean? With a with a record. Do you think um do you think our friend from last week, our Russian friend from last week, might be able to fill that void with his goofy record? Um, you think he's gonna stick around long enough? I don't know. Like I I told you before, I think they fire him after that performance alone because he he was clearly well maybe not clearly fraudulent, but like you know. He, come in with a 23 and 0 record and look like that against Jamal Emmers like clearly you're not you're not long for the UFC like you're, you're not yeah. going to uh you're not going to stick around for too too long but like you know maybe maybe that there, there's a hope but the, the the thing that made Jordan Wright I think so uh, unique especially um and drew the ire of you especially is because that he got to stick around despite clearly not being good yeah, and, and so maybe that's it. Maybe they have yeah. to be, like, unlikable, bad record, and stick around. Yes. Which, uh, I don't I don't know that there's anybody else who can fill that void at the moment. What's Macy Barber's record in the UFC? Do you think she's moving in on that? Yeah. Because she's unlikable. She's not going anywhere, that's for sure. She's unlikable. She's not yeah. going anywhere. She has won three in a row. That's right. Well. Yeah, that's, she, and, she, and she wins questionable fights, so even better. Yeah. She's really only won two of those in a row because she did lose to Miranda Maverick, despite the fact that that scorecard. Um, yeah, and then who's she stealing a win from next? Um, Andrea Lee, which I guess I don't even oh, mind. <laughs> we don't have, don't have any dog in that race, do we? I yeah, I could not be any uh, more detached from what's going to go down at that fight, and that's only that's only a month away too. That's at that, oh, uh, that might, Mar- maybe I'll Marlon be gone Vera. for that one. When is um, it? 
Uh, March 25th. Oh, I'll be back. Oh, you'll be uh, back around then. Yeah, I'll, 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 I, I, I can't skip a Macy Barber episode. I'll be back for that. Yeah, that one's a that one's a. Well, it's got a good main event. Uh, actually, that that card's not so bad. It's it's co-headlined by uh, Holly Holm and Yana Santos. Uh, yes, that's, that's right. She says she's Santos now. Not yeah, 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 yeah. Yana, Kuniskaya, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Santos now, which is a, a fun mix of uh, both Russian and uh, Portuguese, which is yep. Yeah, good time. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Enough about Macy Barber and Let's talk about podcast. this amazing card. This is not a Macy Barber podcast. No, it's a fun, fun Krylov versus Span fight card. But we're not going to talk about Krylov and Span. No, we're going to dig even deeper this episode. We're going to talk about the prelims, the exciting prelims, Dan. I haven't finished my article yet, so um, I'm fl- I'm going to flip flop a lot. I bet I'm on the, <laughs> I'm on the fence for a lot of fights. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Like now, we'll we'll talk about the main event tomorrow. But yeah, um, yeah, a lot of fights. I am I don't know if I should rely on you or not uh, because I'm actually I actually do better when we're not consensus. Our consensus were 63 percent, but I'm better than that overall. So I'm like 67. So I should not care what you say, right? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose so. But I would also just say this is a really tough fight card uh, from a handicapping perspective. Yeah. Th- there's like a lot of debuting fighters yeah. uh, coming off a contender series, one not coming off a contender series. We've had some have like really brutal performances lately, short notice pieces. Yeah, like it's a there's a lot of moving pieces to this one. There definitely is. We should probably jump into it. We got eight fights to break down for you today. First, I'm going to tell you about Winbet, who... The odds you'll be hearing today are straight from the WinBet book because WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's drone bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts trapping you right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100 limited to state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change. Terms and winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All righty, then we are breaking down, as I said, UFC Fight Night Krylov versus Span. Uh, one positive is it starts at 4 p.m. Uh, the Lo- love those 4 p.m. Yep. <laughs> at least we won't have to stay up late and watch uh, some questionable fights. Uh, so it is this Saturday and it is at the UFC Apex because UFC loves doing events. So even though they saw how great, how much better it is with a crazy crowd, they're still back at the Apex, not making any money off uh, off the gate. But nonetheless, all right, we're going to start off with lightweights, Eric Gonzalez and Trevor Peak. I will tell you about Gonzalez first. Eric, the ghost pepper Gonzalez, 14-7, eight knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. 0-2 in the UFC, finished in both his fights. News to me, I can't even picture this guy. Who did he fight? Do you know off the top of your head? I I, I do know off the top of my head, but also this is a main card fight. I don't know why you're 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 kicking off with the main card here. No, I, I checked the UFC's website. It's not. It's the opener. Um. All right. Well, I mean, Tapology we'll go. Says, Tapology says it's main card. Tapology says it's main card. Marcel Dorf says it's main yeah. card. TV listings say it's main card. UFC does not, and Wikipedia does not. So, I, and it does not make sense to put this on the main card. So, let's just do it now. 
I mean, I mean, we can do it in whatever order you want, but I will tell you, uh, of all of the people who I trust, I trust Marcel Dorff's uh, updates faster than I trust the UFC's crappy yeah, website. Probably. All right, you want to do? Let's do it tomorrow then. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. So, so he's not prepared to talk about this amazing. No, I, yet, I mean, so. I, I'm prepared to talk about this one, but I'm 98% certain right. it's on the main card. It's as the of opener right tomorrow, then, right? It is the opener tomorrow. You sure, it's yeah. not the main event. It should be. <laughs> All right. We're going to move to Bantamweights. How about Garrett Armfield, Jose Johnson, or Jose Hansen? It's got to be one or the other. It can't be It can't be Jose Johnson. Okay? Tell, you should have told him that when you had him on your show. It, it is It is Jose Johnson. But it, he's got... It's Jose Johnson or Jose Hansen. He's got to choose. He, he, does, he does have a fun Spanish nickname. He does. Lobo Solitario. I, I could have figured that one out without looking it up. Lone <laughs> Lone Wolf. It is Lone Wolf, yes. All right. <laughs> this man, Mr. Johnson, 15-7, eight knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times. This is his UFC debut. He went one-on-one on the Contender Series. He has won three straight fights in four or five. Regional champion, used to fight at Bantamweight. Also was a Muay Thai champion, or he's fought Muay Thai, not a champion, excuse me. Uh, he's six inches taller than Armfield. However, he's only got an inch of reach on him. His strike differential on his two contender series fights was in the positive, plus 0.84, which means he's outstruck his opponent by almost a strike a minute. Uh, his grappling stats based off those fights are better than Armfield as well, plus 130. Armfield, 8-3, five knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted twice, 0-1 in the UFC. He lost via submission in his debut, was a regional champion. A year younger than Johnson, he's more active landing strikes based off of one fight. He was outstruck in that fight by his opponent by almost a strike a minute. Minus 0.97 is the strike differential. Minus 155. And as per usual, Gumby goes first. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a dog right out of the gate here. Me with too. Jose jo- really? Uh, yeah. I, I, had I don't want to like, shoot a dog, but yes, I'll pick a dog. I I had a feeling you were gonna go dog out the gate. The the reach for me was the big tipper. That's the thing. Yeah. He's six inches taller though, which is huge. But it well, you know, the height is a difference maker. You're right. The reach doesn't seem like a lot, but also he fights a lot longer than Garrett Armfield. So like and he even, must be all legs too if he's a half a foot taller too. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So he's got really long legs. You're right. His arms aren't technically as long, but like the way that he works with his jab and the way that he like bounces in and out, that definitely makes him feel longer. And here's the other thing I will say, like. Jose Johnson is a guy who, when he showed up on Contender Series last year, I wrote off entirely. I could not have been more on his opponent, who was Jack Cartwright, guy out of England. I I could not have been more on Jack Cartwright going into that fight. Because the thing about Jose Johnson is, if you had gone back and watched all of his previous fights, like the one he lost on Contender Series in 2020 against Ronnie Lawrence, or when he was on looking for a fight against Mo Miller, he just got, like, badly out-wrestled. And, like, he wound up coming back to win that Mo Miller fight anyway— and, you know, like, didn't win the Ronnie Lawrence fight. But, like, any time he had lost in the recent past, it had been just by, like, you know, being on the wrong end of a wrestling equation. And then he comes out against Jack Cartwright, a guy who's got good wrestling, right? Jack Cartwright, you know, still only has one loss on his record all time, 10-1. and one. Great wrestling, great arm chokes, Dars chokes, and stuff like that. And he got out-wrestled by Jose Johnson. Jose Johnson has clearly put the work into his wrestling game. And based on what he did to Cartwright, I would think he even has a wrestling advantage over Garrett Armfield. And if that's true, like, Armfield is not going to strike him, I don't think. So, like, this this is a fight where I think Johnson winds up with advantages in multiple different realms. And Armfield winds up just kind of, like, 
looking for his opening and never finding it. Yep, Johnson is the pick, and you have you, you spoke about how improved he was when you wrote your uh, contender series recap, ranking all of the contract winners. You have him pegged for a long UFC career, and you talked about what a great that he now has a great ground game to go along with his striking. So there you go. Look at that. It's it's yeah. almost like uh, I don't just talk out of my ass. I actually believe Sometimes. these things. <laughs> and and the size is going to be an even bigger deal since we're talking about bantamweights here. We're talking about little guys, so uh, it's going to be even more pronounced. So yes, Johnson is the pick here. Let's go up. Well, actually, stay the stay the weight class. Switch the gender. Women's bantamweights. Haley Cowan versus Eileen Perez, the greatest fighter in the world. Um, <laughs> Eileen. Give her a title shot. <laughs> yes. At featherweight, of course. Fiona Perez. Uh, she's 7-2, four knockouts, one submission. She's been submitted once. She's 0-1 in the UFC. Multiple regional championships on her. Mantle. Used to fight at featherweight, two years younger than Cowan. She actually outstruck her opponent in her UFC debut by 0.1 strikes per minute. Who did she fight again? I can't remember. Uh, Stephanie Ager. Yes. Correct. She outstruck her technically, but she did lose. Plus 105 is... The number I'm Fiona Perez. All hail Haley Cowan, the it girl. Seven to two, two knockouts, two submissions. She's been that should be her nickname. She uh, that could be a good title too. The it girl, not the IT girl. Uh, maybe that might even be better. The IT girl, anyhow. <laughs> um, she's uh, seven to two, two knockouts, two submissions. She's been submitted twice. This is her UFC debut. One no on the contender series where she became the IT girl. She's won two straight fights. One one no on Invicta. Used to fight at flyweight three inches taller than Perez, an inch of reach on her. Uh, based off of their one fight, her striking stats are better and her grappling stats are better. She outstruck her contender series point by about half a strike a minute, plus 0.46, minus 125. I'll be taking the IT girl, Cowan, for sure. Um, not that she really, I think she kind of disappointed on the contender series, but Dana White says she has it. So um, she definitely didn't disappoint as much as Perez did. And, this may be our new we got a fade samurai fight club people because she or fight house or whatever it's fight house yes because she's one of those fighters i i'm looking at a record like oh it's all samurai fight house now or at least recently it is so maybe that's why prez is not as good as as she thinks she is so anyhow give me cowan who is the last uh one we had off of that do you, do you remember it was we, just we... like last event wasn't it maybe oh two events ago uh it was Mm, samurai fight house i'm gonna have to look that up <laughs> think, th um thinking about two events ago i think it was a late replacement down under um but anyway yeah, yeah. no i'm i'm going uh Haley cowan as well i i just think look if, if you look at perez and and what she struggled with is she got bodied by stephanie egger right like she she got put on her back uh the the fact that she like just couldn't handle the like pressure and strength of Stephanie Yeager, particularly as the fight went on, right? Like she got more and more tired and, and then like was just exhausted and couldn't handle Stephanie Yeager. Like Haley Cowan is got good pace and is strong. You know, part of what disappointed us in her contender series bout is she just like maybe didn't score that many takedowns or maybe her striking didn't look that great. But at the end of the day, she like She's very physically strong. She's very athletic and she works well in the clinch. All of those things are a nightmare for Aileen Perez. So yeah, I, I like Cowan quite a bit here. I, I think she should probably have no problem just like controlling where this is and just wearing out Aileen Perez. And Samurai Fight House could be our new Chinese uh, performance center, right? Oh, the, the, chi the Chinese performance. Institute? Yes. yes. Institute Did you hear they're opening a Mexican one of those too? Oh, interesting. 
hey yeah. i'm, I'm all, all for them opening these things but we just uh realized most of the fighters coming out of the chinese were, you know, were frauds <laughs> were or at least one, one of them one of them screwed us over and then that that soured us on the whole batch but anyhow uh i love perez could be two and done in the ufc uh after this god weekend. i hope so <laughs> yes yeah come in with uh the mouth that she has and then uh, we'll see we shall see um lightweights Rafael Alves versus Rolo Aliyev. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Alves first. The turn is 20 and 11. Seven knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted six times. So he likes to get finished. Maybe he doesn't like it, but he gets finished. One and two in the UFC. Won his, uh, sorry, he lost his last fight via TKO. One and in the Contender Series. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at Featherweight. Uh, 2007 Pro MMA debut. He's been outstruck over his UFC and Contender Series fights by 1.68 strikes per minute. We're not talking small samples. That's four fights we're dealing with there, so he does get outstruck regularly. His grappling stats are better than Aliyev's, though, based off of one fight for Aliyev, plus 155. Tajik Eagle, Aliyev, 8-0 with two knockouts. This is his UFC debut. He went 1-0 on the Contender Series, won that fight via TKO, used to fight at welterweight, two inches taller, four inches reach, 10 years younger than Alves. Striking stats are in his favor, and he was 2.7 times more active landing strikes than all of his normally is. But we're basing this off of one fight for him that he looked very good in. He outstruck his contender, contender series opponent by almost six strikes per minute. So he's at plus 587 for strike. The differential minus 185. I will be taking all he have in this one. Let's see what Gumby actually, um, forgot to mention Cowan, you have pegged as likely to make the rankings. Um, in case you wondered on your contender series recap, um, based on the thin nature of the divisions and her wrestling acumen. Acumen is the word, actually. Um, let's see what you have for Aliyev. Do you remember what you wrote about Aliyev? I, I think I was less uh, I, I think I was less positive about him because of how bad his wrestling looked on, on Contender Series. Likely to make the rankings you have him listed as. Really? Oh, really? Man. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I went back. I went back and watched that fight. It changed your mind a little bit? Yeah, I think a little bit. He's wrestling, especially maybe because of who he's debuting against here. So, uh, you know, I'm bearing the lead. I'm I'm taking Alves. Okay. Uh, yeah. What What did you say we're getting Alves at? Plus one. Not we're. You. Plus 155. Yeah, you group I, me in with this. I, I think that that's like an a, a incredible number for him. Because when you go back and you watch that fight from Aliyev on Contender Series, you know, first of all, he fought Josh Wick, who, you know not the best contender series opponent to be fighting there. Yeah. He really struggled to get him down. Now, when he got him down, he like poured it on him, but like he went one of five in taking Josh Wick down the white Mamba. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and like Josh Wick was, was three and two in his last five fights going into that, uh, which, which isn't, you know, like that's not the kind of, I usually see show up on contender series. Um, you know, a three and two dude out of Idaho. Um, so like, and then when you compare that to Alves and you think about what Alves has done, like Alves didn't let Demir Ismagulov hold him down. Uh, Alves got it going against Drew Dober. He took down Drew Dober and until he got tired fighting Drew Dober seemed to be doing well on the feed against Dober. Like Dober eventually just like was able to pour it on because that dude's got an incredible chin and, uh, and like a great cardio, but like, I think Alves stunned him in the first round with, with a big overhand, right? I don't know that Aliyev has like a chin, like Drew Dober, or we can count that anybody has a chin like Drew Dober. So like, there's a chance his like cardio just carries him through this fight, 
But like at the end of the day, like I- I'm not just betting on this dude's cardio at like negative 175. I- I'd much rather take the guy who is I actually think has better skills and all this and like hope that his cardio holds up enough at plus 155. Speaking of Dober, isn't he rumored to fight Patty Pimlet next? That would be amazing. I mean, he shared a photo of that, but like, how many times have we seen that with fighters? Yeah. Like, everybody wants a piece of Patty Pimlet. Oh, that would like, be. He, he, he would. Every, he would destroy Patty. He, he's every top 25 lightweight dream, right? Because yeah. like, if you're on the verge of the rankings, if you're a Drew Dober, right, type person who's just like right there, you know, a Tiago Moises or somebody like that, you know, you're like a win or two away from like being in the rankings. Who wouldn't want to build their name off of Patty Pimblet, right? Because like he clearly has infinite more hype than he has skill. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and don't get me wrong. It, I'm not saying he's like skillless. Like he's now proven that he's like hung in there a couple of times, you know, hanging in there with Jared Gordon. Like you, you got to give him credit on that. Yeah, for sure. But, like, yeah, of course, Drew Dober wants that fight. Yep. All right. This isn't a Drew Dober podcast, though, but we're on different sides here. Alves and Aliyev. One side that we both agree on is the SGPN merch store. It's not really a side, but we agree you should go to the SGPN merch store because it continues to add new items to the store every day, uh, such as I saw a shirt I enjoy. Actually, it's tis the season almost for first half unders with a ball going through the hoop. Uh, first half unders in the NCAA tournament is uh a killer strategy which makes the boys lots of money so um check out all the gear all the new gear, especially mma gambling podcast gear over at the store um that would be store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com your favorite shirts hats sweats and hoodies all right um what are we moving to next gumby i'm all thrown off now because you may yell and say no this isn't on the card this is on next okay catch weight how about next does that sound good 130 pounds yes oday osborne charles johnson right yeah, that one sounds good to me. <laughs> Which is great because, once again, we can say an amazing nickname again that we just said a few weeks ago. But first, the Jamaican sensation <laughs> we're going to tell you about. Uh, Ode Osborne. If you were named Ode, I don't think you need a cool nickname because that's a cool name already. Uh, he is 11-5 and five with one no contest, five knockouts, four submissions, knocked out twice, submitted twice, three and three in the UFC. He's gone two and one over his last three. However, he got knocked out his last fight. Used fight at Bantamweight and Featherweight. One known in the contender series, three inches of reach on Johnson. He's been outstruck barely over his seven fights, I guess it would be. Six in the UFC, one in the contender series. Minus 0. 0.09, so basically a push in the, in the striking with him. His grappling stats are better than Johnson's, plus 135. Energy is the nickname that I spoke of. I-N-N-E-R-G, all one word. Gumby got the scoop on Top Turtle Podcast about his amazing nickname. You should have him on again. He's one of those galaxy brain type guys <laughs> yeah always a fun I, interview he, he always always a fun interview with charles always Johnson. fun hair as well um all right 13 and 3 for mr johnson seven knockouts two submissions never been finished in a fight this is his short notice not debut his short notice he stepped in here because he just fought last month did you not yeah yep sure, okay let's check out our short notice stats because this is something that does pay off uh quite often late replacements are 78 and 134 since they started tracking that when did we start this dang podcast 2020 something like that so uh we got three years of data now 37 percent hit rate for short notice people this year they're doing a bit better they're five and three 63 percent so actually a lot better but um we shall see all right uh johnson two and one in the ufc he's won two straight fights last one via tko wasn't his debut short notice too um yes yeah he was against someone good too uh yeah mokayev was it mokayev yeah it was right right 
Okay. Um, but since then, he's reeled off two straight fights. He was the LFA champion. Used to fight at Bantamweight, two inches taller than Osborne. Striking stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.67 strikes per minute. He also is a pro boxer, minus 160. And it's you. Is it me? Uh, I'm going to... No, it's you. No, I, did, I, 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 I took Galley up and you, you took all this. Um, oh, okay. Yep, that, that's yeah. true. Yep, uh, I want you to go first anyhow. So I'm going to take Ode Osborne. I can't believe okay, good. That, That's the side I was going to fall on, too. So. Were, were you? Yeah, I, yeah. I almost had a feeling you were going to... The, the short notice piece is troublesome, right? Yep. I worry about that. I also worry about the size of Ode Osborne against yeah, Charles Johnson. Massive. He's like a really big flyweight, and now you're you're making it so that he doesn't have to cut all the way down, right? Because this is right. a weight at 130. I like that for Osborne. The other thing I like for Osborne is if you go back, and granted, Charles Johnson looked great in that Jimmy Flick fight, right? Like, I picked Jimmy Flick. I look yeah. like an idiot picking Jimmy Flick. But if you go back to his fight with Shalga Shumagulov, he ate a tremendous amount of leg kicks, almost seemingly without trying to stop it. And for me, that's a problem against Ode Osborne because Ode Osborne is going to be much longer than him, right? Like he fights much longer than him and he throws leg kicks quite, quite a few of them. He, he was yeah. actually, you know, ripping into Tyson Nam before Tyson Nam countered with one. The other thing I will say is like, what's, what's Charles Johnson's typical path to victory, right? Charles Johnson likes to wrestle. He likes to get on top. He likes to, you know, ground and pound what he can. Ode Osborne was a national qualifier qualifier in wrestling in D3 in, in America. And in now granted D3, it's been a while since he was in college, but like, this is a dude with a wrestling background that we largely forget was a wrestler. So if he could just force Charles Johnson to throw with him a little bit more, I think he's the much more polished guy on the feet. I think he's got more tools. I think the size thing helps him. Yeah. I think Ode Osborne here as an underdog is kind of, kind of criminal. And I know from the top trail podcast, he also was a wrestling coach. I think he stopped doing that. Right. Um, I, I mean, he was a teacher for a yeah. while, a math teacher. Loser. He did stop doing that because now he's living out in Vegas. Uh, right. I think he trades. And they don't have school now. in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> they definitely don't have school in Vegas. <laughs> but yes, well, we're both going on Osborne um, size. And Johnson seems to be a little overhyped here, possibly. Short notice, obviously, is a, is a massive deal, though, um, as well as the stats have played out. And I, I think people in our uh, discard are in on uh, Ode here, too, or at least one person mentioned it. So that's more, even more of the reason to take him. So And more of uh, a reason to get in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We haven't <laughs> hyped it up yet. Always new people popping up in there, which is always great. And no one's really a uh, a knucklehead, so to speak, so it's good. Um, all right, lightweights. Joe Selecki versus Carl Deaton the third. Um, Deaton the third Anishabi Abe is his nickname, which is a indigenous uh, word or name. So that is his nickname. Um, don't get me to spell it out loud because it, it's a long one. He's 17. Deaton would be 17 to five, three knockouts, nine submissions, one but knocked out once, submitted once. This is his UFC de- debut. Is probably he's is he the only indigenous fighter now? Probably in the UFC. We yeah, have that one gentleman, but he's been gone for a while. They cut Hunter Asia. Hunter right. Asia. And oh, then, was he? Uh, okay. Yeah. was was native and then also yeah you're i think you're speaking of the guy who wound up getting caught dog fighting and stuff like oh, that yes um, yes what's his name again i i don't remember name. his name well, we should not uh, speak his name but yeah, yeah maybe we get we can leave him out <laughs> yep all right we'll talk about mr deaton uh he's two and oh won his last five years submission he was oh one on the in the pfl he's got multiple regional championships on his mantle used to fight at flyweight 
and it's not not flyweight, not quite that low. Bantamweight and featherweight. 2011 was his pro MMA debut. He also is a pro boxer or was plus 420 for him. Solecki, 12 and three, one knockout, seven submissions. He knocked out once. Four and one in the UFC. Won his last fight. One known the contender series. Three inches taller, three inches of reach. Four years younger. Minus 585. Um, even though people in the Discord say uh, don't sleep on Deaton, I will be taking Solecki. This one is technically not short notice because I think Deaton's got exactly a month notice for this. So I count under a month as short notice. So it, it is shorter notice than normal uh, for Deaton, even though we've been informed by one of our insiders that he has been in camp. He was in camp at, uh, for a fight anyhow. Um, but still, this is a step up in competition for him and in the UFC against guy who's um, pretty pretty good. Not amazing, but pretty good, but also much bigger and much younger. So give me Selecki. Don't like the line, though. Uh, yeah, I don't like the line for a couple of reasons. Number one, Selecki seems to be a guy who relies heavily on his wrestling. And if he can't get that wrestling going, looks, you know, kind of you're right. Not amazing uh, is the best way to put it. He, he looks UFC caliber all the time in every round. But like when he can't get his wrestling and his top game going, you're like, ah, this this could be better. When he can get his wrestling going, he looks phenomenal. Um, and the beauty here against Deaton is I, I think he should be able to get that wrestling going without a problem. Like, Deaton doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to, like, you know, stuff a whole bunch of takedowns and force him to strike. But also the the thing about Deaton is he just throws, like, he throws these, like, big rock'em, sock'em, robot-looking-ass punches. Um, and he always three of them right in a row. Uh, and, and they're heavy. He, he's got good power in his hands. I just don't think Selecki's the type of guy to get tagged by those. But with that being said, yeah, I, I don't want to throw Selecki in any parlays that I'm putting together. Because, first of all, negative 585, how much is that going to move your, your parlay line anyway? And then secondly, I will just say this, is that, like, do, do you really want to take the grappler against a power puncher who throws, like, these kind of, like, uppercut-looking shots all the time? Like, sure, he's probably not going to catch him, but to the tune of, you know, nearly 6-1, to one, yeah, I, I think I'm just going to stay away from this one in terms of, uh, you know, like trying to throw it in a parlay or making the odds look cuter with a finish or something. You make Deaton out to be a Mike Tyson punch out type character early, an early one. You dodges three big punches and then you can uh, get your punches in and then dodges three punches and get your punches in. Is that the pattern for him? I mean, that's pretty much what Alejandro <laughs> Flores did to him on PFL. Like when I, yeah. I watched, I went back and watched that fight. Like he threw big, three big punches. Uh, Flores would get out of range and just leg kick. Um, you know, he, he, he did, it's worth noting. He did beat Justin Janes. Um, but that's like, you know, Justin Janes kind of at his like very worst. Cause Justin Janes now, uh, has not won in, I think it was three years. He's lost five in a row and Deaton was just the fifth one. So, um, yeah, like I, I think, I think Deaton's got some potential, but he's like kind of one of those dudes who they've signed, uh, late enough in his career that he probably won't progress the right way that he needs to. Right. Because like w when you get signed young enough and you like make a mistake, like throwing punches like that, somebody exposes you and you get forced to go back and fix it. Meanwhile, this dude has just been ripping through dudes on the regional scene and having like no issues with throwing punches like that. So, like, as long as you're allowed to keep doing that for too long in your career, you you might just do it forever. Yep. Very good point. Yeah, he's he's not uh, young in his career. Uh, so he's actually, <clears throat> excuse me, younger. What, I said four years younger? So, four, four years younger, yeah. yeah. He's, like 30, he's 33 making his debut. So, usually, um, career minor league regional guys don't pan out too much. But, hey, 
we shall see. We're going against him this week, though. Uh, lightweights, Jordan Levitt versus Victor Martinez. Victor the Brick Martinez is 13-4, eight knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. This is his UFC debut. He's won on the Contender Series, but that fight was back in September of 2021. He's won seven straight fights. He's not lost since April of 2016. Was a regional champion. 2011 Pro MMA debut. Another uh, lifelong guy who's making his crack at the UFC here. Uh, he was four times more active landing strikes in that fight than uh, Levitt normally is in his fights. He outstruck his opponent by 2.07 strikes per minute on the Contender Series. Minus 110. This one is a pick The Monkey King, Jordan Levitt. 10 and 2, one knockout, six submissions. He's been submitted once, three and two in the UFC. He's gone two and one over his last three. He did lose his last fight via submission. That was to Patty the Batty, right? It was to Patty the Batty, yeah. yeah. And then he did, did he get twerked on or <laughs> yeah, no, he got teabagged. He got teabagged. Yeah, he got teabagged. Love it. One no in the contender series. Used to fight at featherweight, an inch taller, and an inch reach on Martinez. Four years younger. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by half a strike a minute, uh, plus 0.55, which is pretty good since he's a grappler. Minus 110. And it's you. Yeah, this is, I mean, it, it's good that this fight to pick him because I, I think that's lined appropriately. This, this is the fight I think I flip-flopped on the most, but I I settled on Victor Martinez. Uh, and I think it's because, you know, like, I, I wasn't blown away by what he did on Contender Series or, you know, like, necessarily his regional career. Like, he's got some good wins on the original career. Like he went, he beat Manny Murrow, who I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and that's a good win. But like the thing about his fight with Jacob Rosales and, and Jacob Rosales can wrestle a little bit is he stuffed almost all those sounds. He's extremely durable. I think the, the big thing for me is here is he's just got to force Levitt to strike because Levitt, I mean, in that, that Patty Pimblett fight kind of showed he's, He's not much on the feet, and he he showed that in the Trey Ogden fight too. Even though he wound up winning that fight, like he's just not much in terms of striking. So uh, I think I'm leaning towards uh, Victor Martinez. Uh, you know, being that I have to take a pick here, I'm going to take Victor Martinez. I I just think, man, I I don't think Levitt's much more than just a grappler, and I don't think he's going to get a finish on Victor Martinez. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Levitt. Uh, he has been submitted twice so half of his losses have come via submission this one is is a toss-up though um i'm betting against ring rust and ufc jetters in this one but it's not like levitt's really impressed that much so um like you said it's probably uh lined up correctly so um, worth, right, worth next- noting mm-hmm. worth noting just to uh contextualize something for people the last time he was submitted was eight years ago oh so um, you think he's fixed that has he I mean, he's I don't know. He's never fought a monkey king, though, has he? I don't know that he's fixed that, but he was four and two when he got submitted. So, okay. like, he's probably not that guy still. Yep, good point. But like I said, he's fighting a monkey king. So, th- this one's a toss-up. This uh, I'm keeping my money out of this one. Um, but we have to pick winners. That's what just what we do. All right, main event time: women's flyweight Jasmine Jasudovicius versus Gabriela Fernandez. I'm going to tell you about Jasuda Vicious first seven and two, two knockouts, one submission, never been finishing a fight, one and one in the UFC. She did lose her last fight, one and on the contender series, an inch taller than Fernandez, plus 105. Abby Fernandez, eight and one, three knockouts, two submissions, never been finishing a fight. Her UFC debut is now. She's the LFA champion. Used to fight at down at Strawweight and up at Bantamweight. Four years younger than Jasuda Vicious, minus 125. Uh, this is a tough one. To call, I, I think I'm 
uh, I'm taking Jusuda Vicious. I really don't know why. Maybe because she's Canadian, and I'm I'm being jealous. Uh, not jealous. I'm being uh, patriotic. But um, I like her resume a little bit better than Fernandez. Plus, I don't know a heck of a lot about Fernandez, so I'll take a known entity that looked really good in the Canada series and uh, as tough as nails at plus money. So I, you definitely don't know enough about her because you called her Gabriella instead of Gabriella. Um, Gabriella. And Dan's <laughs> going to pick her. I have a feeling you're picking her for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely picking her um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, she's fought good competition, believe it or not, uh, on the regional scene. Like, not not incredible, um, but, like, she's fought good enough competition. She's an LFA alum. She was the LFA champion um, where she – just absolutely blasted Caroline Martins. Um, she she's got these incredibly good left. You know, it's a left rear leg because she fights left handed. Um, left rear leg body kicks that are just thunderous, and she goes to the body two or three times, and then she goes upstairs with them too. Very very powerful. And in addition to that, you know, like what we've seen out of Jesuda Vicius when she's not comfortable on the feet, which I'm going to be honest with you. I think she's going to eat a couple of those leg kicks and she's no longer going to be comfortable on the feet. She, she tries to turn this into a grappling match and that's up against a Brazilian with tons of submission victories, right? Like Fernandez is, is finished her last two opponents due to submissions. Although one of them being submissions due to strikes. But if you go back, she's got renegade chokes and an arm bar. Um, her guillotine is really tight. She t- Martins and and wound up finishing it with the guillotine. I'm really high on Gabby Fernandez. I think Gabby Fernandez winds up being somebody who we can keep an eye on here at 125. And not for anything like I, I do like Jazuda Vicious. I liked her when they signed her. Uh, you know, I've interviewed her. She's really nice. She looked like she was having a terrible time with Natalia Silva's both striking and grappling. Like she she just didn't look like she had anything for her. So. You know, a lone win over Kay Hernandez or Kay Hansen rather uh, doesn't really hold up all that well now. So, yeah, I, I like Gabby Fernandez here. Yeah, I had a feeling you would. Maybe that's why I picked against you because <laughs> I know these things. All right. So that is this episode. That's a prelims. Let me give you a recap of what we got. Gummy's got Fernandez. I got Jacinta Vicious. I got Levitt. He has Martinez. We both have Selecki. We both have Osborne. Um... I have Aliyev. He has Alves. We both have Cowan. I have, uh, actually, we both have Johnson, right? Yeah, we're we're in on uh, a pair of underdogs together. Yeah. When when did that yeah. happen? And then we're also, yeah, we also differ more than usual too. Interesting. It'll be an interesting Saturday for sure. All right. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with the main card breakdown for you. Uh, we told you about the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We told you about the store. Uh, Twitter would be SGPN MMA. Uh, Gumby runs that account as well as his own account, Gumby Reeland. I'm Jeff Fox Writer. All our writing is at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Top Turtle MMA podcast, Gumby hosts and is dropping. He's already dropped, actually. I already listened to it with his co-host with no voice. Um, who Who's on this week? Let the people know. Uh, Trevor Peak, uh, who we almost talked about at the beginning of this show, uh, is on as well as uh, Jose Johnson, who we did actually talk about at the beginning of this show. Correct. Um, and get in my pick'em contest, moneymma.substack.com. Um, we shall be back tomorrow. Last like I said, uh, until we meet again, I will remain the Monkey King, Jeff Fox, my co-host, the Ch- Tajik Eagle, Gumby Breland. We'll be back tomorrow as well.